I'm Lou Conran. And I am Sally Ann Hayward. We're a pair of comedians who've been known to enjoy an alcoholic beverage or ten over the years, sometimes separately, sometimes together. But it's occurred to us that we know nothing about the drinks that we love to quaff, and that unbelievably, there will be some types of liquor out there that we are not acquainted with. And as we hate missing out, we thought we'd invite some celebrity pals to recommend their go-to tipple and drink along with us while we make them dish the most embarrassing booze-related tales. And then we give our honest verdict if we are going to spit or swallow. So if it's gross, we drank it so you don't have to. And it's definitely not just an excuse to open up the drinks cabinet on a Monday night. Heaven forbid. Lou, are you looking at me? We're starting recording, girl. Oh, sorry. Do you know what? I was just looking down at the table thinking, when's it all going to end, Sally? What? Lockdown or...? Just the drinks. Or this recording. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That drink that we had with Jimmy Carr, oh my God. I had the weirdest dreams that night. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The Kahlua and the Guinness. Yeah, Jack Daniels. Went into it on a splash of Coke just to make you feel a little bit better. Yeah, I had the really hallucinogenic dreams. Like almost like that we'd talked to him about drinking with Stephen Hawking or something. Oh, look. Lou, Lou, we did. That wasn't your dream. What? No, no, we chatted. Yeah, he, he, we chatted about Stephen Hawking and Harry Styles. Oh. Yeah, and, w- and living in a Japanese house. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh. you better... I'll tell you what, we'll play it. Okay, thanks. So this evening, Sally, you've got a very special guest joining us. I've got like- the guest. You've got the guest because... Because <laughs> I text him. And- yeah, because you did the texting. Would you like to tell the the listeners um, who the guest is this evening? Please? Well, it'll probably say it in the little bit of blurb that describes who's on oh, the podcast. Okay. Yeah, but for those that can't read, it's Jimmy Carr. Hurrah! Hey. Yeah, hi Hello. Jimmy. Well, this is it's an honour and a privilege to be on the show. Long term listener. First time caller. <laughs> the worst thing you could have ever done, through. Jimmy, is not change your phone number since the 90s. And then, so I, I've still well, got you. I, I've always had a weird thing about not changing the number because I think some people get their first little bit of fame and they go, right, I'm changing that. And you go, well, I mean, who's going to call you now? I yeah. love getting a text from an old friend. Yeah. I mean, ideally, I like a text where they're not asking a favour to do a podcast. But even <laughs> so... Nice to hear from you, Sally. But you did say, because I said, hey, Jimmy, I can't remember how I started it, but is this still your number? And you went, yes, what can I do for you, Sally? Knowing that, what does she want? What does she want from me? Well, listen, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm more than happy to, to do the show. Now, Lou, I don't know much about you. I need no. to know more. Tell okay. me everything. Just, it might be someone's first time listening to the show. Who are you? Okay, my name is Louise Ann Conran, Noe. I was born on the 12th of July. I'm a Cancerian, whether that's your thing. I'm from Buckinghamshire and I like booze. Double things. Whereabouts in Buckinghamshire? Oh, yes. Now then, High Wycombe. I went to school in High Wycombe. I, I mean, know you is... did. You went to the Royal Grammar School, which my best mate's mum taught at, Mrs. Frost. You were in the sixth form. Um, yes. <laughs> Wow, because you started in there, you got in some sort of, I'm a cancer or something, your birth date, suggesting a belief in those things. And now you sound like Mystic Meg, like you're doing a reading. Like all that information is available online. This woman is not magical. 
She's a oh, sham. No, 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 sham. no, no, no. I am magical. I, I've even got a Ouija board in the other room to prove she it. Has, she has. I bought one in lockdown to find out when this was going to end. This podcast, this particular <laughs> record. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Do, do you remember Mrs Frost from your Royal Grammar School days? I, I don't remember Mrs Frost. It would be bad writing if there was a teacher called, she's called Mrs Frost. She's the nasty one. I mean, it she's feels the- like it's a bit root one for the name, isn't it? What did she teach? She taught me narrow it down. English. She taught me a thing or two. I mean, might as well. I'm I'm a big fan of. I like booze. I really do. I enjoy. I drink very responsibly, but I enjoy booze. I've got like twenty thousand years of heritage as an Irish kind of Catholic. I'm built for booze. What you're suggesting we drink tonight consists of three, a quite high alcohol levels in one very small glass. What was that sentence, Lou? I don't know. Please, there's a lot of booze in this. Okay, what you will need is a glass. First, right. I need a glass. Got a glass. I sure what size glass. You talk so us through it. We've got the ingredients. We'll need a shot of Jack Daniels. Just a shot. Okay. Just don't a shot. Over, don't get overexcited. A... There's going to be more booze. Okay, so a shot of Jack Daniels. Um, I've got an, which... an, an egg cup because I don't have a shot thing. Which? So... Well, that's too much Jack Daniels, yeah. but God love I've you. I've got a shot. Um, I've got a regular shot, yeah? Oh, I'm just going in with the egg cup. Yep. Here we okay, go. Okay, so we start off... With a, a plain vanilla, uh, Jack Daniels of Coke, not too much Coke. Like, uh, you know, okay. you've got to limit limit the volume here of okay. the Coke. Not- how much Coke, though, in compared? How much Coke to Jack Daniels? We don't go nuts, not much, because we need to fit more in this glass. And then we have we have here. Yeah. Okay, so I've gone I've gone for about a third of the glass. Oh, okay. Uh, now, yeah, yeah. Here's, here's okay. the thing. We've already got a great drink now. We're already winning. Yeah. yeah. I view Coca-Cola as one of the greatest products that there's ever been. I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal. It's the hangover cure. It's invariably what was involved in giving me the hangover. Ah. It's perfect. It can do it, everything. And it can get rust off your car and stuff, can't it? Coke, you blood, can... blood off the I, I used to drink a lot of Diet Coke. And now I, now if I taste Diet Coke, I think Ugh. it's some sort of Ugh. chemical spill. If you're off it for a while mm. and then the full sugar. Have you ever had the Mexican Coca-Cola? No. What is this? So it, in the States now, there's a big kind of cachet to getting Mexican Coke because instead of using the, the syrups, they use actual sugar in their Coke <gasps> manufacturing plant. Oh, I it's, thought you were going to say... If you can imagine something even more delicious than Coca-Cola, it's... Oh, with proper white, unrefined sugar. I mean, they know how to live out there. Oh! My, yeah, it's great. Um, my dad used to be a fireman uh, and they used to put keep Coca-Cola in the fire engine because it gets rid of blood. Just a little bit of information for you. Yeah, it's blood. The perfect drink. Okay, so the next thing you will need is Kahlua. Do you have Kahlua with you? Yes, yes. You will need a shot of Kahlua. Just the one shot. Okay. Just the one shot. Just another shot of Kahlua. Yep. Okay. And and then and then okay, so just a shot of Kahlua, which is um obviously Kahlua milk. If you're if you're sort of drinking a bomb. With the big Lebowski, the Kahlua and milk is the. Oh, it's white. a great. Is, is that actually a white Russian Kahlua and milk? I thought it was cream to be. Oh, well, I prefer. I mean, if you're drinking white Russians with cream, you are a very fat man almost immediately. I mean, it's just that is crazy. Mm. Um, now, the next thing you need is is Guinness. I've gone with I've the with Guinness. the standard can. Yes, I've got a I bottle. It's one of the very few things that I've had a tough time in the in the lockdown. I've really missed Guinness. Like these things are great, but an actual pint in a pub. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, that it's like it's never the second pint. Second pint again, it's a terrible idea. The yeah. first pint, mm. oh, waiting glory. for it to settle. Do you oh, find oh. that Guinness is better in Ireland than in England? I, there's a there's it's it's better in a good pub. 
there's a couple of amazing the toucan in soho whatever there's a couple of pubs that are just world class you know you, the interesting thing about guinness is whenever you go to dublin i'm you know from irish stock and uh you go to Dublin, you always see a couple of disappointed Nigerian guys wandering around that have been on the Guinness tour. Mm. And they're incredibly disappointed because the, the top per capita consumers of Guinness in the world are the Nigerians. And Nigerian Guinness is exported and it's a little bit stronger, quite a bit stronger. So you can get it in quite a lot of off licenses in Great Britain, the Nigerian Guinness, the export Guinness. And it's stronger, a little bit sweeter. It's, it sort of tastes a bit like a Guinness with an amaretto in it. It's a fantastic drink. I think the Nigerians have the right idea. Mm. So we've got Mex- Mexico for Coca-Cola now and we've got Nigeria for Guinness. Now, this is the tricky bit. This may fizz everywhere. So you okay. open your Guinness and you put a tiny bit in, less oh. than you think, oh, less okay. than you think you need. A tiny bit of Guinness in the top of that. Not much, oh. just a little oh. bit. Okay. Do I it's stir gonna fizz it? Up. Do oh, I it does fizz, yes. A little bit more, a little bit more than that. Okay. And then, and then you want to kind of just edge a little bit more in, and it's going to have quite a head. Ooh. Do I need ice or not? You, I, I mean, ice would be. All of my drinks are freezing cold, so it's fine. But if you had some ice, sure. I've got some I? ice. I'm going to put some ice in it. I, I'm going. I'm going bareback. I'm having no ice. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm. So I've, I've topped it Ooh. off. Oh, okay. Oh, mine so didn't. Mine didn't begin. Because I've got a bottle of Guinness. Is that going to make... Guinness, it might be a slightly different thing. This has got some sort of widget in it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Never mind. Settle a little bit. Oh, no, you oh. could... That'll be okay. Oh. oh, smelling it. Smells lovely. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, well, let's let's give this a go. Yeah, let's go in. Oh, it smells delightful. Oh, fuck Ooh. me. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that is what I would describe as a mind eraser note chaser. It's that... a fabulous drink. <sighs> That's got so many different flavours to it, hasn't mm. it? it it's very rich, kind of, there's a coffee thing. Yeah. There's, it does taste of Guinness, but like a, a, a sweeter Guinness. I mean, for yes. a lot of people, it's way too sweet as a drink. I like a sweet drink. I think that's the reason we drink alcohol. It's a reward at the end of the day. Mm. So it's either a drink or a little chocolate or something, and it's rewarding the hard work, and it's, it's just good for the system. And, it's, and it puts like a sort of full stop on the day as well, doesn't yeah. it? You're like, okay, the day's ended. I think it's like, okay, I'm not doing anything useful after I've had one of these. Yeah. Well, I don't think any of us are. It's kind of creamy as well, isn't it? I can't really drink. Jack Daniels is, for me, one of those drinks that when I used to go to a disco at Marlowe Rowing Club and everyone would be getting... I used to go to that disco. Shut up! (gasps) Were you doing the fingering? There would be loads of people fingering each other. Hang on. No, show him your crotch. Show him your crotch. See if he recognises you. No, it wouldn't have been me. It wouldn't have been me. It'd be everybody else, because me and Kirsty Mangalis would just be sort of like dancing. Do you know Kirsty Mangalis? Kirsty Mangalis sounds like a war criminal. Yeah. Yes, she does, and she was she an elderly, is. an elderly German lady in with a, a limp. It, yeah, in a way, in a way, she was after a couple of these rowing club. What, what is our, what are our first impressions of this drink? I realise we're not going to spit or swallow till the end of the show, but what are our first impressions? Well, I'm liking it. It's like you've already used the word rich, and it's very rich. Which mm. yeah. I wouldn't have that many of these, but it's a nice. I'm stirring it with my pen. Oh, I've got a stirrer. One of my favourite things to do is to get one of these made in a bar. Oh, really? Yeah. A fa- you know, you know, you get a bar with a great bartender who's mm. just like flipping things ready, around. Going, right, I tell you what, we're going to do. We're going to make one of these. Ooh, that's and then it's a, it's a it's a palaver, but it's fun. What's the name of this drink? It's called a Union Jack, I believe. I had it in a hotel in 
somewhere in um, I think it was the Four Seasons in Hook. It's a very nice hotel, and it was on the bar. The barman had Guinness on draft, so he invented one of these. Oh, I've always just really liked it. And then the next time I went back there, they had one in my room when I arrived. I was like, "This oh, is no way." Thank Shut you. Up. It's almost like you're on telly or something. Yeah, like, like a big shot. Let's let's brown nose this geezer. Have you had? Um, I'm on my way. Put the union jack in. Have you had a Christmas Guinness where they put a Tia Maria in it? So mm, sounds nice. Well, this is not far off. No, it's that not, I would say in yeah. terms of my thing is I'll I'll do a car bomb with it with a with a Guinness and an amaretto. I just put the amaretto in the top of it. They really go very well together. Mm. So Guinness, it, I've never thought to put Guinness with anything other than Guinness ever. Well, I mean, there is the, I mean, the famous is the, is the champagne, which I always think is a terrible drink. Oh, what do they do with that? I don't even know this. What is well, it? Half Guinness, half champagne. Mm. Oh, no. I don't what even do you mean, think no? I don't. Oh, no. That's oh, like a, I don't like the Come sound on. of it. That's a waste of champagne, isn't it? And a waste of Guinness. A lot of things you don't like the sound of that you are easily persuaded with. Come on. Oh, yeah, I know stories about Sally from But you know, would you like to share? He doesn't. Not all of them. (laughs) Not all of them. No, not all of them. How are you in Bristol? How's are you? You're in Bristol now, right? I'm Presumably. still in Bristol. Yeah, it's fine here, actually. Yeah, I mean, basically, we're all in the same place now. We're all just indoors. It's like, yeah. oh, I, I really... live in the middle of London. Is anything happening there? No, exactly. I'm amazed anyone moved to the country because it's the same everywhere now. Yeah, there's something psychological, isn't there? Like, I keep going to the coast now because I'm not far from the coast. So I keep going to the coast just to kind of go, oh, there's further than this island. I think there's something about that that, that makes me feel better about it all. Is but... that post-Brexit you've gone, I've got to check. Is the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a big wall around the island now. I've just found out for everybody. But yes, we're all the same. So Bristol's fine. We want from you, uh, Mr. Carr, some drunk stories, if you will. Famously, not famously, I'm not that famous, but when I started doing comedy, so when we first met, Sally, um, I was about maybe 26, 27, when I was just kind of getting into it, and I gave up drinking for about 12 years because I was just, I mean, not kind of on a mission, but I felt like I was drinking for the wrong reasons in my early 20s. It was like I was trying to keep college alive. I was very fun drunk, and I didn't really have a problem per se, not like an addiction problem some people have got that kind of, uh, you know, that's a disease. I was just drinking too much and for the wrong reasons. But I was crazy. I mean, my early 20s, I remember going to parties in Islington and I remember like we, we got drunk on white Russians, actually, we mentioned it, but pints off. We were drinking oh. pints of white Russian. Um, <laughs> like semi-skim milk, because we thought we've got to watch our figure. <laughs> and was, and we, I was jumping from rooftop to rooftop between houses and, and sort of people below were kind of, <laughs> this guy's, and like, unharmed but kind of looking back at it you know those things when you kind of remember and go oh i i could have legit died i had no impulse control whatsoever great though great isn't it i love that though when you feel invincible i when i lived in london i used to to, uh, enjoy a beverage and there was one night on the tube on the way home some guy was like cracking onto this girl that he didn't know and he was being really chippy with her and she was a little bit scared i thought she was up for it (laughs) <laughs> genuinely <laughs> I thought she was up for it so and so I stepped in and I was like do you know this man and I I'd never normally do that sort of thing she was like no and I went right you need to back off and leave her alone and he was like who are you and then we had this big Barney and then and it was a bit quiet and then we all got off at the same stop and then we were all walking the same the same way and we ended up having a lovely chat and it was really nice and then we all went back to his house no but it was lovely but you know when you feel like really invincible yeah there 
there is, there is something about booze. I mean, I find now with alcohol, I don't know how you feel with it, but I feel like it takes away anxiety. But then I feel like I get it back at four in the morning. Mm. Oh, so I'm quite hot for having a drink now. But if I have more than, I might have another one of those. But if, if I was to have like two or three drinks, I'll get all the anxiety that was yeah. that I, I I had taken away from me. It's just it's basically all it just queues up for eight hours and then hits me at like waiting four in the morning. for you. And I wake yeah. up with a fear. With a yeah. clipboard. I've had that today. We had quite a heavy record on Friday, and um, which for me lasted pretty much most of the weekend and then this morning I woke up with like oh god what did I do and then I had to check my phone who have I messaged what have I done and as it transpired I did email somebody that we all slightly regret now but it's fine yes uh, it's fine it's who did you who who did you email Um, the guest's agent after the record. So, but it was fine. It, it was fine. It was all a little bit awkward when I got a reply. Sometimes I, sometimes I find, I mean, I'm not a detective. I've never worked at Scotland Yard. But sometimes I find, if someone says fine, 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 more than 15 times in a sentence, <laughs> things aren't fine. Yeah. It's, the, yeah, first thing, well, it's mm, the first thing they teach you at the Detective Academy. Ah, right. Well, what it was is I thought I was emailing the guests, uh, but I didn't know that their agent had picked up the emails on their behalf. She was going behind the agent's back. That's it what she was doing. It could have been a lot worse. That's what it she was doing. It could have been a lot worse. And then I had that fear in the mor- this morning of like, oh God, what have I done? And then the whole day I've just felt like, oh, I'm such a dick. I think that fear goes after a while. I think actually lockdown, I'll be honest. I mean, maybe it's just at the moment, but sometimes when I wake up with that fear, then I think... Those people that you're worrying about, Sally, aren't thinking about you. Yeah. Well, the, the, the great thing, that, the great thing that kind of I always think on that is like it tends to be the beer fear of like, oh my god, what did I say last night? I must, mm. I was awful. I was, I made such a fool of myself. And then you think, hang on, everyone, it was, it was four yeah. in the morning. Everyone yes, was like, yes, exactly. It was four in the morning. We were in a park. I mean, of course. Yeah. 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 You were yeah, all right. shit faced. I think there should be more of a language of the next day phone call to friends. Yeah. There should be just a recognised thing of going, no one is allowed to take the piss before 12 noon the next day. <laughs> a good friend texts you at seven in the morning and goes, you were great last night. What a laugh. Oh, yeah. I, I've just yeah. got shit friends then. I've got yeah. really shit friends. Oh, well, no, no. We liked leaving you in anxiety for a while. That's all. Yeah. Sorry, Jimmy. I went, to, I went to a Russian friend of mine. Uh, I went down to his house on the coast and we got drunk. I, you know, drunk with the Russians is really special. I like blackout drunk. Like I don't remember how I got home. I remember puking out of the window of a car <laughs> on the M25 on the way home. But you were driving at the same time as you were puking. Yeah, sure. Can the Daily Mail, Mail hear this? No, of course. <laughs> I, was, I, was in the, I was in the back, but ruined, ruined drunk. Oh. So I got poured out of the cab and into bed and whatever. And I, I like very, you know, nervously text him the next day, going, "Was I okay yesterday?" And he came up a great Russian expression. He said, "A good guest is a drunk guest." Yes. Oh, Thank you, my friend. Down. Thank you. There's no use that. playing with booze and being annoyed about the results. That's true. That's. True. I remember. What did you? I used to work with a waitress, and she was Russian. What did somebody say to her? I remember her answer was, "I am Russian, not a horse." <laughs> I can't remember what the what the customer said to her. Like maybe they were just like ordering her around and sort of shouting at her. I am Russian, not a horse. And then they just went. Oh. It's a great expression. It's going to be tough to work that into conversation, though, because you are neither Russian nor a horse. 
Maybe they were yes, to, yeah. <laughs> maybe they were trying to staple some metal shoes onto her feet or something. Maybe. But, maybe they yeah. tried to ride her around the restaurant. Yeah. I am yeah. Russian, not a horse. I am no, I'm gonna have to just say I'm no, I am English, not a horse. Mm. Doesn't really have the same. No, and also very, very, very English people often look a lot like Yeah, horses. yeah, exactly, yeah. The details. If anything, I, I mean, I could even be mistaken from a horse for a horse visually. Look, oh, I, I know this isn't for the podcast, but there you go. That's well, great, what? Sally. That's great. That That's not for the podcast, though, is it? her mouth open to reveal. Yeah, yeah. A horse's what? mouth. Is yeah, it a horse's kind of. mouth? I've seen videos like that, and it does look vaguely like vagina, vagina dentata. You know those films where you've got the... Well, you've got, sorry, what did you say? Vagina dentata. You know, with fannies with teeth. But anyway, she's. I didn't know that either, Jimmy. I mean, like, I mean, no, no, I didn't. I'd not heard that either. I think we might need to take a little time out to discuss vaginas with teeth. Okay. Well, um, don't take care of your gums. (laughs) Exactly. If you don't floss. Um, the sometimes <laughs> women's wombs create fur balls that should have been a baby but actually grow teeth and then vaginas have to oh that's it eh? don't quote me on that i'm not i'm not um an expert no you're definitely not an expert. Well, it, it's weird i think but i think i speak on behalf of sally and i when i, th- I thought oh my god lose a real expert yes yeah. because the yeah, language no. you're using feels medical anyway i'm gonna crash on from that because i've embarrassed myself it's one of those <laughs> occasions where tomorrow i'll wake up and go did do, I really say that? Do you know what, Lou? Do you know? Yeah. Do you know what I find clears the palate? What's Another that? Another Jack. I'm doing it. Oh my it. god! Have you drunk? Oh, yeah. Shit, you know. Um, has Jack Daniels always been your drink of choice? Then? Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually. If I, if I, um, if I'm having a tipple these days, mm. I thought this was a fun one for the podcast. But I'm a big tequila guy. I'm a oh. big, huge fan oh, of tequila. God. Oh, You're thank come God again. For that. You're going to be another guest. Oh, thank God. Love a tequila. Well, my, my, latest, my latest tequila drink, if people are listening to this and they're into booze, a tequila, a good reposado. Oh, Average hello. reposado is fine. With ginger ale. Ooh. It's refreshing. Ginger ale? Yeah. A tequila, ginger ale, and just and just uh, touch a lime in the top of it. Wonderful drink, very refreshing. Because I think you need a mixer with tequila sometimes. Because you don't, you know, if you nail it, it's another. You're jumping from rooftop to rooftop. I'm I'm a big fan of the tequila sunrise. Oh, it's fallen out of favour, hasn't it? Yeah, colada. It's always a nice drink, wasn't it? The tequila sunrise, always have a refreshing drink. Sorry, Lou, go on. Have you, well, have the, you isn't the thing with tequila? It's the only. Sorry, Lou, go on. Sorry, right, go on. No, 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 go on. No, she's putting her chat no, Daniels no. in now. No, I'm just. <laughs> she's in a mood. Gonna... She's in a mood. No, what I was going to say was, have either of you? Been you know to... what? She's livid, of course, because her vagina's got teeth. Oh God, it's slipping <laughs> away. I've still got bite marks from the Marlowe disco. <laughs> It's a down there. She took a chunk out. Oh, <laughs> she was showing it. it was a party trick. Look, it's got teeth, everyone. Who's the best person you've been drunk with, Jimmy? Best person I've been drunk with? That's a good question. Uh, uh, like the, the fanciest? You're going to have fanciest. Yeah, okay, we'll start with fanciest, yeah. Stephen Hawking used to come to a lot of parties at mine. And we, and we got him drunk a good few times. Oh, amazing. Like on, he, could, he couldn't do tequila, but we, we'd get him drunk on Quantro. He'd like have shots of Quantro. When we first gave him shots, it was like, I can't remember who it was, like me, Jamie Redknapp, Freddie Flintoff, like a, 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 a really Harry Styles, I think. It was a really weird mix of people at the party going, yeah, let's, let's crack on. It's, it's quite hard for him to say no, though, in time to type it and for it to speak no, because in that uh, time, you could have just wanged it down his throat. Yeah, there, there, there was that thing where the time delay, he had this amazing thing with, 
because he was like tetraplegic. Yeah. And he's at the end, it was so slow. But his care team was so amazing because they'd been with him for years. So they sort of knew when he was bored or knew when he was like, they could just tell. What, and, and they would also like, if you were talking to him, they would be able to kind of tell his anecdotes. If oh. you said, oh, I've done that, I'm interested in this. And they go, oh, he went to NASA four years ago and did it. And they could sort of tell the story on his behalf a little bit. Oh. Which was a lovely thing. Yeah. Could they tell you what his favourite flavour of tequila was? Uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't a tequila. He wasn't a tequila drinker. Oh, he was sorry. Very, very much like the spicy oh. food. That was his thing, like a curry. Really? Something really, really spicy flavours, yeah. Really? Mm. I've had a very active social life. It's been great. Very active. Do you live in a Japanese house? Um, for, no, but it has the look of that kind yes, of bond. Yes, it does. Doesn't it it yeah. looks like you're sat on the floor and you should be drinking tea with a geisha girl by your side. But you're not. What? You're drinking sort of a Guinnessy thing. Um, I wish I knew the name of those hats, those traditional Japanese hats, so that I could have just slung that in there. But the joke was missed. You I've been drunk work. in Japan. I tell you what, Japan is incredible for getting drunk because they do a... Um, they're, they're big fans of whiskey, right? But they like it with soda ridiculously cold. That's their oh. thing. So there's bars there where you can get on tap, like minus two degrees, whiskey and soda. On tap? So, yeah, it's on tap. It's like they'll do you sort of a half pint of it. We'd be disgusted here. They would Imagine if they did gin and tonic on tap in a bar. We'd be like, oh, no, no, I want to see it. We'd be far too snobby for that, even though it's probably perfect. It's the, it's the temperature is the thing. The temperature is just, oh, my God, so cold. Is it so expensive? Cold. Is it expensive to drink in Japan? Uh, no, not really. There's, there's an amazing place to get drunk called Drunkard's Alley. Great. And it's got maybe... It's got maybe uh, 30 bars in it, let's say 30 bars. One of them, the piano bar, has five seats. Oh. So you walk in and there's a guy and all the booze is in a piano and he's the bartender, he's behind the piano and he makes the most incredible cocktails and you have to climb a stepladder to get upstairs to the seating area and he brings you the cocktail and then you have it and you go to the next bar. And the next bar just does beer on draft, but there's eight seats and they do maybe a bit of sushi. And then the next, it's like a, you just kind of go around trying these different things. But incredible bartenders, they take it really seriously. There's a little alley here where we call it Crack Alley. That's, uh, that's where people... You know, the one, I saw that documentary on uh, <laughs> drugs in Bristol. It's fabulous. <laughs> that's exactly do keep, that. Do they keep the drugs at a certain temperature, though? I think they do. I think they're yeah. very, yeah, it's, they're like scientists down there. They really are. They're very well informed and, they're, you know, educated. Yeah, Japan is a great place to get drunk. It's also that weird otherworldly, the jet lag going to Japan is so horrific. It's that, that lost in translation thing. It's such a kind of universal thing of going... We better, we better crack through this somehow. There's that great bar that, um, God, I'm going to forget the name of it now, but uh, when Quentin Tarantino was doing Reservoir Dogs, he did a global tour. And on the global tour, he went to Japan. And there's a bar that's exactly the bar from, you know, the fight sequence that happens in a bar with a band playing in Kill Bill? Yeah. It's it that so place. He rebuilt that restaurant. Oh. It's a real restaurant. It does incredible food and incredible booze. Oh, what have you been doing with your lockdown then? I take it that you've been still working and um, because you're a workaholic, are you? you I, I kind of think that you don't stop working. So what, what, what does Jimmy Carr do in his lockdown days? I've written a lot, kind of working on a book and then writing some stand-up. I'm sort of trying to bank an, another tour. I'm trying to change my style a little bit, stand-up. Oh, are you going to juggle? Yeah, more, more juggling, more, more kind of... <laughs> 
More, more songs, God. Uh, uh, come on, start with a song. Well, no, I, I find writing jokes very easy and I find writing routines quite difficult. And oh. so I'm trying to write more routines. Oh, great. But packed oh. with jokes. So it'll be kind of... Yeah, but I think routines are packed with jokes. But, you know, yeah. between eight and 12 minutes is, or seven and 12 minutes is kind of where you want to be in terms Ooh. of it and something that's memorable and I'm just getting just a bit more down seven to yeah. 12 I'm well, looking forward to seeing that Jimmy yeah, it's it's interesting it's a weird thing I feel like I've had an amazing luck in comedy and I've worked really hard at it and I think as soon as you stop it's like you go on well, and I, I, this has been like a sabbatical it's been like a year of mm. you know I didn't want to take a sabbatical I'd much rather have the world normal but it happened and so you go, well, what am I going to do with it? I'll work on myself. I'll try and get better at writing these other things. I'll try and get better at, um, at longer form. Who knows? But, uh, you know, I use you as an example sometimes, Jimmy. Um, when we started out, and sometimes we'd get to a gig and um, the gig would be cancelled. It would be an open mic night. And I would see that as a chance to have a drink. And you would get in your car and go to another gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and that's and that you know, and I mean, it's hard not to be a dick about it now, Sally. Had I mean, no, but you did what? Yeah, look at you. Look at you're living in your Japanese house now, aren't you? Yeah, and great. I'm living around the corner from Crack Alley. I mean, <laughs> that's face. We're all gonna try crack now. Yeah. I, I don't know. You make your luck, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh no! I mean, like, I'm not taking anything away from you. You are, you are, you're, you are a great comic, and you're, you know, and you always were. I mean, I don't think there's anything magical about what I did. I mean, I was really open about it as well, about going. I'm going to work really hard at this because I love it. Yeah. And it's, I think the thing that Malcolm Gladwell kind of misses in that, I mean, his excellent Outliers book about ten thousand hours. It's what do you want to do for ten thousand hours? What are you really that passionate about that you're gonna? put those hours in and do it because it's booze right booze for you <laughs> booze for Lou. <laughs> for Lou. yeah is there a drink you can't drink anymore i mean lou there's a lot for lou but um... yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's something something that you liked but you had a bad experience on yeah yeah for me that... it's water it's water i just don't drink it anymore <laughs> oh, yeah, God. Um, it, it, I had a bad experience on tequila early on, like when I was about 14, 15, drinking too much tequila and feeling sick. And then I didn't touch it for years because I thought all tequila is just filth. And then it wasn't until a couple of years ago. I remember, like, I'm old enough to 10, 15 years ago when, when I first had, like, a sipping tequila, thinking this is slightly bullshit. They've made this up. A sipping And then tequila? you go, no. It's, well, like a, a proper, just a beautiful... Oh, like I a, see, rather like than a, slamming like a, it. Yeah, like an Avignon. Yeah, I thought all you could do was lick the salt off your hand. Or, <laughs> I thought that was whole thing. Yeah, no, fair enough. But that's how you start on tequila, isn't it? Uh, have, you, have either of you been to Mexico and had proper Mexico? Oh, Jimmy, you will have, wouldn't you? You'd probably travel. Yeah, I've been to I've been to Mexico. So, um, yeah. I mean, my favourite tequila is a thing called Class Azul, which oh. is um, it comes in a big earthenware. Looks very phallic. It looks like um, uh, something that Sally might use on a lonely evening. Um, oh, that's every night. But you do know all my stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's <laughs> it looks vicious. It's my favourite David Tell joke. He said, you know David Tell? No. No. Is maybe, I mean, one of the greatest comics living. A uh, New York guy, plays the clubs, doesn't ever go on before 1am in the morning. He's uh, sort of the Daniel Kitson of America. Is how right. he's oh, wow. So... But he's got this joke. He said, uh, "He said I found um, I found a butt, butt plug on the bus. How did I know it was a butt plug? Because it fit perfectly." <laughs> <laughs> like he's such a great joke writer. He's incredible. 
Um, <laughs> what would you, oh yeah, class is all. So that thing of like tequila, you just put it on ice and just drink, and it's just yeah. delicious. When I went to Mexico, it was exactly that. For us, it's like, way, slam it in, way, shot, shot, shot. But there, it's like a civilized drink, and I was just could not get my head around that. And there was one that I can't remember the name of it. What wasn't the one that you're talking about that that everybody was raving about? I tried to get on board with it, but it just didn't work for me. Well, it is weird, isn't it? It's it's like it's finding the right mix or finding the right thing. I mean, it's weird that thing of when you travel, trying what's there. I remember, it's got to be almost 10 years ago now, going to Venice on a holiday. Because I'd read this thing that there was a bartender's strike in Venice in, I think, the 1970s. Uh, so you couldn't get a drink in Venice for like five weeks. And the suicide rate went through the roof. And it was like, well, how much are these people drinking? And it turns out the guys on the gondolas, they're never drunk, but they've always got a buzz on from like 10 in the morning on. And what they drink is Aperol Spritz. Oh, yeah. So we were there 10 years ago. No one had heard of an Aperol Spritz. We're there and we're chatting to the guy driving our boat. And he goes, look, it's three euros. Go over there. You get a big one and you just don't want an hour. That'll do you. Keep you rehydrated. Oh. And it was, I mean, Venice is a blur from there on in. <laughs> but I love that thing of when you travel going, what are you guys having? I'll have what you're yeah. having. Yeah. And also tequila is... People go on holiday and go... I just, I'll have a Stella, please. You can come, motherfucker, just get yeah. involved. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there, so tequila in Mexico, of course, will be a totally different thing because it's their drink. So they're going to savour it, aren't they? We're just going to slam it because we don't get the, because it's, we're not, well, it's not in our culture necessarily, is it? Unless yeah. we're chucking it down, it's like that, just to get pissed. It's, it's weird. I find it weird as well, the drinks that you didn't like when you first tried them. I remember trying a PT whiskey, like a Laphroaig whiskey. And like in a bar, someone bought me one, like a, and I thought, oh God, it tastes like dirt. Pushed it away, had something else. And about a year later, I went, what was that thing? I had a phone my mate and went, what was that thing you tried to, and I kind of wanted it again. It was a weird, mm. like, or you kind of come back to it. It's oh. a weird palette kind of grows. I'm, I'm very much the same with celery, Jimmy. <laughs> Very much the same with celery. I, I, you know, used to hate it. Then one day I thought, what was that thing I used to hate? And then I ate celery and now I love it. I mean, it's almost... Such a great story, Lou. Such a great story. Yeah. Jane Parkinson's retired because that would have been wonderful for him. Oh. He wrote a book about Muhammad Ali, didn't he? Because Muhammad Ali ended up being amazing friends with with Freddie Starr. Really? Yeah, because, well, what happened was they were on the show together. Freddie Starr was like a big name. He was on, Muhammad Ali was on the show and Freddie Starr's next to him and starts to do a racist impersonation and tell a racist joke. And you can see Muhammad Ali look at him like, I might knock you out. And there's a, there's a real weird moment. And then he decides, this guy doesn't mean any harm. It's okay. And you've got to remember, this is a guy that changed his name, gave up being world heavyweight champion on a political stance, like he was uh, involved in the movement. He was, you know, civil rights hero and kind of let it go. And then apparently every time he came to London, he would call Freddie Starr and they would hang. And Parkinson was like part of that group. They'd go out to dinner together. And all I was thinking about when you were talking about the Freddie Starr story was, I wonder whether he was wearing his Cuban heels because he used to wear blocks in his shoes, didn't he? Freddie, Freddie Starr. The height thing is weird, isn't it? The height (laughs) thing is, it's a thing that, I would have gone, like, oh, bald guys are less attractive. It seems that shorter is like a thing that a lot of women look for as a, a taller guy. It seems yeah. like I would never have got that. I'd never have got to, oh, short isn't attractive. How tall are you, Jimmy? Like six foot. Yeah, that's a good height, isn't it? 
It's fine. It's not like it's not. It's never been a problem. It's always fine. Great. But, it's never been a problem. Well, there's a weird thing where you get like, anything over six foot four is a problem. It's you constant. can't get a suit that fits properly. Even if you get a handmade suit, it's gonna, you're, you look like a piece of shit in a suit. You've always got to have people commenting on your height, and you've got to be like civil with it. And you'll want to snap oh, a lot oh, of the time, oh, won't you? And yes, I'm tall. I've always been tall. Yes. Steve Merchant used to have a bit about that. In remember Steve stand up. I don't remember him as a stand-up. I, he, oh, he was before, yeah, because apparently incredible. He was really something. Yeah. But he would, he would do that thing of like going on about his, I, I get it, I get it, I'm tall. Because he's from Bristol, right? He's a Bristol lad. Yeah, yeah, he's making a show here at the moment. I don't know if they're back filming doing it. He's written something that they're filming he, here, based here. Has he not asked you to be in it, Sally? No. Oh. He's actually asked her not to. Oh, well, I understand. I've begged and begged yeah. and I've written That's him letters. I've Steve quite a lot. Steve's, I mean, such a wonderful man. I don't know when he's ever lived. I mean, obviously he's lived here in his time. I'm getting more pissed now. I can't do sentences, but I don't, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't think he's lived here since I've lived here. This, there, there may be a fatal flaw in this very podcast. <laughs> no, I listened to it, but it's really good for the first 20 minutes. And then just meanders. <laughs> Crazy. People ordering pizza. Oh, Sorry. God, what a brilliant idea. Oh, what a good idea. Oh, oh my God. Idea. And then the, the very last bit is just us texting each other going, was I all right? <laughs> and then the crying. Going, oh, <laughs> when was the first time you got smashed? That's a question we like to ask. I think it was Rhodes, the island of Rhodes. I didn't have many foreign holidays when I was a kid. I think I had like two. And one of them, I went to a place called Rhodes and... I remember, oh yeah, the smallest violin in the world. I've had a great night. Oh, Jimmy, poor Jimmy. I got drunk on Ouzo. Oh, yes. <laughs> if I could do and that. Maybe Ouzo is, I've never gone back to Ouzo, but I don't, you know, as soon as there's sipping Ouzo, oh. I, bet there, I bet there is, I bet someone is going, hey, this Ouzo, you haven't tried mm. Ouzo, but you tried our Ouzo. Yeah. This but it's like, one. it's like lighter fluid, right? Oh no, I love it. Really? Oh yeah. I love an aniseed. I love that sort of, a, that thick sort of, I mean, I wouldn't be guzzling it for sure, but I don't, you know, when they bring it on the tray at the end of the Not what it says about you in the gents. <laughs> hey. It was that hand, hand action as well. I wouldn't be guzzling it. <laughs> How long have you two known each other? We actually bonded over the, our hatred of Aperol spritz. Which we now love. But we, yeah. I think we've, we, I that think it was, was mixed wrong when we had it because it was just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it was like piss, wasn't it? Um, yeah. In Edinburgh, uh, you know that you know the year because that's when you got the review. <gasps> what do you mean? What do you mean the review? Oh. Oh, what the line? Quick, go oh, then, Lou. Tell us because it's not like it's the- Stephanie Bartlett, Broadway Baby. I was in a double act at the time, and admittedly, it it, it wasn't going well. But uh, Stephanie Bartlett, Broadway Baby, wrote: "These two women are clearly past their peak and belong in a dark corner of a Weatherspoons on a Friday night." Wow! How did she get into my mind? <laughs> <laughs> what? Do you um, know what though? Wow. You mind, it, Jimmy. It fits perfectly that review now, and but yeah. that was for ten, fifteen years. No, I don't even know. Ten years she ago, maybe. Tell the future. Yes, I know. I love the weather. You'd be friends with her now, wouldn't you? I wouldn't. Would you? No, it's a weird thing. The reviews, like, because sometimes a reviewer like can really add some value, but I think they instinctively aren't huge fans of comedy because it's so the metric is not reviews. The metric is laughter. Yeah. 
Mm. Oh, there but, wasn't yeah. any of that either. So don't. I, she was quite right in what she said. We were past that. It was a fun show. I watched it. Thanks, it was very Sally. fun. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was but you're right there. But the, you see shows where the, the audience are howling with laughter, and then you'll read the review of that show. They'll get one star. The review will just go, yeah, well, yeah, they laughed. But it but just sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes there's a there's a, like a review of a, a you know a musical, let's say, or a um, or a film. I remember like going to see Bat Out of Hell, the musical. Because my other half's really into musicals. And I saw it and I went, I, I, I do not like this. This is terrible. And then I read a review that said, oh, it's the Peter Pan story, but instead of children, it's teenagers. And I went, oh, oh, oh. that's brilliant. Yeah, I get. I now get that out right. of Great review. I love it. I, I read a review of uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which I thought I got. I thought, oh, I understand this. Easy. And in, in, in the review, they go, oh, it's Milos Forman, the director talking about his experience with the communist regime. Oh, I didn't Cameron. know that. And you go, oh, the good film I saw, the great film, is now uh, maybe the best film. Oh. Like, it can be such a wonderful thing when it's done right. And so much reviewing is just like someone going, well, I didn't think it was funny. Motherfucker, mm. you're the only one that didn't buy a ticket. You didn't want to yeah. be there. You've got to want to be there. It was it's quite similar to the other review that I once got when the show I was in got voted the worst Sorry, show on I the Fringe. Oh, uh, by the Observer, the show was called Chaucer in the Sky with Diamonds. Oh, yes, and the quote Ooh. said, "Was that? Was um, that? I mean, I mean, mm. I'll give you the review for that. Was it a very short ideas meeting on the title? Mm. Were you in a hurry? Nothing to do with me." Um, and the review said, "You were in the show, yeah." Yes, and it said something to do with you. Okay, it said. <laughs> uh, Whatever Terry Waite felt when he was released from captivity was nothing compared to the rush of exaltation we got as the curtain fell on this interminable crud. If Chaucer was alive today, there wouldn't be a court in the land that wouldn't allow the shooting of all of these cast members. You look like you're reading it off your wallpaper. No, it's because it's ingrained <laughs> in there. Sorry. Just, it's on I your eyelids. It really is. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just for balance, hmm. have you ever had a good review? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> she won't remember any of them. But have there been any good ones? Yes, I've, yes, well, yes. Let's take a moment then. Okay. The best review, the thing that someone said about you that you went, yeah, they get me. Go on, what was it? There was a, a review I got, and it said, "Masterful at owning a room, a brilliant storyteller." or something. I can't remember the real words. I'm She's just... uncomfortable what, what about a, saying what a, things. What a wonderful story you've just told. Thank I could you. See. I think it's nice to kind of see it in the round as well, because it's that kind of the war stories of the, the worst thing someone said about me. But it's nice to take a moment to go, yeah, people are quite nice, generally. Yeah. I think the majority are quite nice, aren't they? But you've just yeah. got, yeah, it's just the cunts that you remember, isn't it, really? Yeah, um, Stephanie Bartlett, Broadway <laughs> baby. Sorry. I'll let it go. I will let it go. So let's imagine that you've got a spittoon. Okay, and it's got the shrapnel from people's drinky poos in it. Whose spittoon would you drink? Whose spittoon would you drink? Mm. I mean, it's not the ideal scenario, is it? I guess. But do you know what? Nor's COVID, but we're coping. I would go Heston Blumenthal on the basis he would probably do something incredible with it. It would be, well, this is actually, I mean, snail porridge was delicious. Imagine what that man can do with a spittoon. Oh, it's a great you know answer. What? Great answer. And that pub that was down the road in the Duck and Doodah, great. I've lost the ability to. What? 
What are you talking about? In Buckinghamshire. Oh, uh, uh, not but wherever it was. I'm pissed now. It doesn't matter. Near the fat duck, he's got a park. Yes, the fat duck. Yes. What? What? The thing about the fat duck is Heston owned a pub. Heston's a really good friend of mine. Heston owned a pub like four doors down, and in that pub, the lager they serve is the lager that they served on the Titanic. What? Shut up. Isn't that great? What is the lager? I don't know what it is. It's a lager that they brew, and they, he did a special brew that's exactly the same as the lager they served. Oh, on the top. I see. Oh, wow. I well, thought the... you meant they dug it up. From yeah, the... I was like, oh, they and served. They... It's exactly the same. It's the same brewer, the same ingredients, the same methodology, the same everything. Ah, oh. and what's it's the now? The Heinz Head is the name of the pub. It's a wonderful boozer and a great lunch. I tell you, when lockdown's gonna... over. Well, we're going to take when we can meet again. We're going to take you there, and we're going to do another record. There, by tequila. the way. But yes, tequila. If you ever get Heston on, he's amazing on booze. So he does a oh. thing with red and white wine. Yeah. Where he blindfolds clear, you. Clean the rugs, no. You get blindfolded. Yeah. Mixes up the glasses, oh. taste this, <gasps> taste this, and you think you would be able to tell the difference between white wine and red wine. And you can't. You cannot. It's you phenomenal. Oh, I, I wouldn't be able to either. I know I wouldn't because I'd think I could, but I wouldn't. No, no, it blows your mind. Like yeah. people that are sommeliers can't. It's it's incredible. You really can't tell the difference. <gasps> and then there's well, like, he does just... things like he does a, a really good party track with different uh, different bits of music and tasting wines. You can taste different things as you hear different things. Oh my god! Right after this, oh. you're so, you're going to give his number to Sally, and then we'll sort this out. And if he doesn't come on, <laughs> it's all your fault. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Final question, Sally. Spit or swallow? Yes. Well, I mean, as you can tell by the way that I'm putting sentences together, certainly been <laughs> or <swallowing>. not. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy's it's got water. bloody lovely. It's oh, I've got, I've got some you, water, I, but I haven't drunk it. It's a good drink, right? There's nothing mm-hmm. the matter with that. I would order that if I went to a bar and said, "Can I have a Union Jack?" They give me that. No. No, because I've they would think you were some sort of. UKIP member. I mean, they would they would think you were properly some sort of wrong. And if I said, "Can I have Jimmy Carr's Union Jack?" Google it. I'm sure you know they could. Yeah, they'd, they'd probably end up yeah. referencing this podcast. So, oh, oh I'm gonna then. do. Yeah, I'm gonna totally do that next time the bars are open. I'm gonna say, "Can I?" I won't. I don't know if they'll do it at Crack Alley, but if I come to Soho, oh, sure. Jimmy Carr, thanks for coming. I mean, my Thank absolute pleasure. So I'll, I'll, I'll come and get drunk with you another time, I'm sure. Please, yes, you bloody well will. You've been an absolute delight. And well, thank I don't you. know about that. But it's, it's been you... lovely meeting you, Lou. And Sally, always so charming and funny. And you Thank are. you so much. It's really appreciated. I'm battered. Spit or Swallow is produced by Amanda Redman. If you want to get in touch with us about what you thought about the drinks that we've tried or recommendations of your own or you feel like sharing your worst drunken story with us, then please do. On Twitter and Insta, we are at Lou and Sally. Facebook and TikTok is Spit or Swallow Podcast or email us at spitorswallowpodcast34, that's the numbers 34, at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, then please subscribe and leave us a review because this helps other people find us. And if you want to support the podcast, then go to www.patreon.com forward slash spit or swallow podcast where you can find some bonus content. Thanks to Acast for hosting us, but most of all, thanks to you lot for listening. That's all for now. See you next time. Bye.